I want us to pray for her before she starts. He's been filled with the word. But the question is, is the enemy happy that she's going to release what God has given her to you? So you and I are going to pray for her. That at this time, as she ministered, God will take everything in his hand. God will be in control. Father, we thank you for the vessel you have you, you want to use today to bless us. Even before today, you knew that through her, your people are going to listen from you. Therefore, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. We know the enemy is not happy when he hears the word of you. Because the word of you brings understanding. And when we understand who we are for, we become stronger. And that's what the enemy hates. So we know that at this time in the atmosphere, they've gathered to not make this happen. But Lord, we raise a name that is above every other name against every principality who is against today. Lord, fill her with your power and might. We pray against fear. Because she's already prepared. The word you've given her is enough. And therefore, we pray that, Lord, you will speak through her. I pray for the congregation. Lord, as much as we speak, the enemy also don't want the word to enter. Therefore, we bring every heart. We bring every mind. We bring every heart. We bring every mind. That, Lord, your word will speak through. Father, let us understand your word. And go here as a people who have heard from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That was a mighty prayer. I feel so empowered. And um, yes, you know, whatever that is trying to stop the word going, oh, well, they can go home now because uh, it's not going to work. Okay, I think um, in the last few weeks we have been talking about praying with Jesus, and I've taken my sermon today from this verse from John chapter 17, and it's the last verse, so if you've got your Bible with you, please turn to John 17, verse 26. Now, the title of my sermon today is Love and I, a Mystery. So we're going to talk a bit about love. We're going to talk about God. We're going to talk about the mystery of God, of God's love. This verse is at the end of chapter 17. Chapter 17, the chunk of chapter 17, and this is the last verse. And it says, I have made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. May God bless, you know, the preaching of his word. Um, you know, when we have, we're parents or when we're little, you know, my, when I was little, during the school holidays, I would go and stay a couple of weeks with my auntie and uncle and my cousins. And when my mom and dad dropped me off, they would say to me, uh, eat all your food, don't stay up too late watching TV and behave, okay? So uh, I'm sure, you know, parents here, you will tell your kids the same thing, you know, when they are leaving us for a little while or when we're not with them, you know, something that we want them to remember, something that is important, something that will sort of uh, help them to stay out of trouble, right? So 
Um, when Jesus prayed this prayer at the end of chapter 17, these are the three important things that he wants us to remember. When we look at, um, you know, the gospel, and, you know, Jesus wanted us to know about this verse. It has got three parts. It's got the first part where you have God. Jesus is saying he has made known to us the Father. Second part, um, the love that the Father has for Jesus will be in us. And then the third part, Jesus in us. Now, when... Jesus was talking throughout the Gospels, the four Gospels. Um, he would have said something like, I am sent by my Father. Or if you know me, you will know the Father. If you see me, you will see the Father. But this little mentions of the Father is dotted around the Gospels. And in between, you have big passages of the parables, the teachings, the miracles. So it is not quite obvious yet, you know, this little mentions of the Father, blink and you will miss it. And also, if you think of the Old Testament, the Father is actually called the great I am, Yahweh, uh, the first and the last, the Lord most high, mighty God. And the elements of him being a father is not as obvious as when we come to chapter 14, 15, 16, 17 of the book of John. I'm going to read you a little bit from chapter 14, and you'll know what I mean. Because when we come to chapter 14, sorry, every other word is the Father. So you think of how the Father was sort of not mentioned until now. Here we have here. Jesus answered, For a long time I have been with you all, yet you do not know me. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Why then do you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The word that I have spoken to you, Jesus said to his disciples, do not come from me. The Father who remains in me does his own work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. The Father, the Father, the Father, my Father, the Father is, the Father will, the Father. Now, is anybody here in this room in any way unclear still that Jesus has told us about the Father? Clear? Clear? Okay, now, whatever that we want to know of the Father, read it in chapter 14, 15, 16, 17. But I'll summarize it for you quickly. Jesus wants us to know that the Father is the righteous Father. Righteous and Father. Um, now, we, some of us in this room, we are parents. We know that, you know, our main job is to love our children. It seems like it's the main job. We know that we, 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 we protect them, we give them food, we send them to school and all that. But all that stems out of love. Right? Without the love, it seems like the relationship is a bit meaningless. But God, he, you know, he's a father and he loves us very much. But he will not bend the rules for us. Right? He will not say that 
when we did something wrong, he, we will not just close an eye and say, oh, no, 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 that's fine, that's fine, right? He is still righteousness. He will not bend the rules for us. And we can trust him. We can trust him to be such a father, such righteousness, that he would um, put right wrong things. He would correct us. That his love will make him, you know, correct us and really, you know, teach us to be right, you know, on top of the love. So this love, it corrects and it delights and it uh, just makes us whole. And this is what Jesus is saying when he says that, you know, I have made known to you. It is like, if you think of all the big things that happen in the Bible, the, the creation, Noah's Ark, um, you know, parting of the Red Sea, and then in the, in the, in the New Testament, you have the, the resurrection or the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. And even later, when it, happened, it hasn't happened yet, the, um, the second coming of Christ, all this is to, all these are big events in the Bible. And uh, nobody is the same ever again, you know, after these things happen. And when we think of this little bit in chapter 17 of God praying, and this is the only time where we see God the Son praying to God the Father. And what he is saying, we are allowed to listen in. And when we listen in, we realize that God the Son is praying for us. And he's asking for these three important things that we would always remember as we go through our lives. That God gives us these things to help us, you know, live our lives. And um, so I have lost my place. God is the righteous father. And um, so he needs us to know. It is important for Jesus, right, at this end, when, you know, he's the next bit, you see that he is going to be arrested. So this last few moments that he is with his disciples, he really wants us to know um, the father, right, as not just uh, Lord Most High and all that, but righteous and a father and the next bit of the psalm uh, of the of the verse that the love which you have for me will be in them and when i read this the first time i thought okay yes love from god love from god this is something that we always say this is something that every christian know love from god of course and i was going to bring out chapter uh, 1 corinthians 13 Love is patient, love is kind. You know, today, let's, let's just talk a bit about love. But when I reread the verse, it struck me that, you know, what God, Jesus, is praying here is for the Father's love, the Father's love for Jesus to be in us so that we would love Jesus with the Father's love. All right, let that sink in for a bit. I'm going to say it again because this is good. The love of the Father 
God is praying that it will be in us so that we will love Jesus with the Father's love. Now, I have prayed this myself many times, and I'm sure you have, that God, please help me to love you more. Right? Everybody here, how do you feel? You feel like you love God a lot? You feel like uh, you love God enough? Or do you often feel like I do, that I don't feel like I love God enough? Or that my love is quite flimsy? My love is quite weak? And we would always pray together that may the Lord help us to love him more. And here, Jesus has prayed for us that we don't use our human love to love the Father, uh, to love him or the Father, to, uh, that we use the Father's love for Jesus to love him. And that solved a big problem for us, yes? That we don't use our weak, problematic human love to love God. And, you know, when it's God's love, God's love would also do this other thing for us when we receive God's love into our hearts. That is, you know, when we talk about love, sometimes as people, we love the wrong things. We love the world. We love sin, right? But when the Father's love comes into our heart, because Jesus has asked for it to come into our hearts, it makes us see these bad things. It makes us see that really our human love is really quite useless when it comes to pleasing God. And that, uh, you know, if we use the Father's love, it, it achieves the things that it's supposed to do, right? It fits the purpose. So... Remember, in my first sermon, I told you, you know, God will come and live with us in our hearts, and he will bring his luggage. And that, you know, with the luggage is the fruit of the Spirit, and then it will grow and grow in our hearts. And sometimes, I don't know if that's working out for you. You know, it's been a few months since I preached that sermon about God, you know, where his fruit grows in our hearts. When his fruit grows, he's going to find that he's going to need more space in our hearts. And he's going to go... Um, May, you know, in your heart, you know, I'm, I'm running out of space. You know, some of the things in your lives is just not fitting for your current lifestyle anymore. Right? You're a you're new, uh, you're new creation. You are saved by God. You are washed by, you know, the blood of Christ. There are some things in your life that are just not right anymore. And, uh, hey, you know, tonight is midnight. How about we put all this stuff, the love of uh, the world, the love of sin in some black bin sacks and take them out, yeah? So may the Lord do that for us, and may we say yes to God if God is asking us to take some of the stuff, some of the, the bad love, right, in our lives out. And this is what happens when Jesus prayed for the Father's love to be in our hearts. And you feel a bit lighter now that we don't have to work our own, we don't have to master up our own love to love God. That God's love is going to do it all. Yeah? And um, now, even though we've been Christians for a while, I don't know, talking about love can be a little bit difficult. I don't know. Um, Maybe, you know, growing up, our childhood, or our different experiences of love, you know, giving love and getting love may not be 
you know, what we wanted it to be. We might still be hurt, even though we're sat here, you know, living and worshiping God. We might still be hurt by human love, imperfect love. And what the love of God does when it comes to our heart is to heal that. So I pray that for you today, pray that for you and I, that, you know, if we're still suffering from this, um, you know, from, from, from past experiences of love gone wrong, that God will heal us, that his love will sort of make us complete and remove, you know, the pain and the trauma of just human love and love that sort of fell short. And um, so with that, it's like... Um, this is the part, right? The title of the sermon is called Mystery. And this is the part where I find mysterious. And I think as Christians, where we live, this is what we find uh, interesting, but also is, is invigorating, but it's also very mysterious. Why would God's love heal us? Or how would God's love heal us? And this is because God is life. Right? The spirit is life. Okay. Um, it is mysterious for us. Now, is it mysterious to you? You've been a Christian for so long. Do you find it mysterious? How does God love us or why would God love us? Or you're all sorted. You, you know the answers and you're just all sorted and you're happy. Yeah? I mean, if you think about it, God, who does he love more? Jesus or us? I mean, he calls Jesus, what well, Jesus is his only begotten son. And Jesus is, uh, he said, Jesus is a son with whom he is well pleased. And then in another part of the Bible, he says that, you know, he has raised Jesus from the dead and seated him in the heavenly places far above all authority and dominion. And that he has put Jesus' uh, enemies under his feet. So to me, Jesus, to Father God, is top dog. He's number one. Yes. But he would also pin this same Jesus on the cross with nails to save you and I. And here is the mystery. Here is the wonderful mystery that how much, how much does God love us? How much? How much? Right? Turn to your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor and open your mouth like this. Do it. <laughs> Because we are awestruck, we are awestruck and overwhelmed and amazed by how much God loves us. God loves us, yes? And if you think of the, the verse, if I have that verse. Uh, yes. Right? I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, 
nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be, separate, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. It's like, think about it, the mystery is almost, like I don't even want to ask the question, why does God love us? I don't need to know that. I only know that he does. The mystery is how we could never finish talking about God's love. How God's love that doesn't, all these things will not be able to separate us from is um, it's like it, it keeps coming. It keeps coming. That's the mystery, that it keeps coming. We have a little bit of God's love in our hands. He gives us more. We have that bit more. He gives us even more. And that's the mystery. And that is the, the wonder. All right? I saw the wonder in your face, right, when you turn to your neighbor and go, whoa, that's God's love. And finally, Christ in us. Christ likes to talk about being one with us, yes? I mean, we're Christians, and we might as well get it into our system, get used to the idea, because this is going to be our lives from now on, that Christ likes to be one with us and one with the Father, and he asked the Father that we could also be one with them. Oops. Okay, here you go. I do not ask for these things. This is in John chapter 17, 20 to 23. I do not ask for these things only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be all in one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be in, be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me. Is anybody in this room, at this point in time, in any way unclear still, that Jesus would like us to be one with him? Clear? Okay, and um, is it a mystery to you? Or do you, do, you, do you find it puzzling? How does all this work? How does all this work? Being with one with God. Do you feel one with God? I hope you do. I really hope you do. And when we... I'm, I was going to put up that car thing to show you. This is what happens. You know we would think of all the things that we want to do for God. Like earlier on when we talk about how our love is never quite enough, yes? But when the Holy Spirit moves through us and he changes our love, right? He uses his five loaves and two fish technique and he magnifies our love. He multiplies our love and he uh, amplifies our love. Then our love becomes something special. It becomes God's moving through us loving through us, okay? And if you look at these cars, they are, you know, poised for perfection, right? They are prime 
for performance potential, right? But without petrol, no performance. No petrol, they can't even move one inch. And this is like us. God made us beautiful. God made us with a lot of ability. God made us with that intention and the desire to love him. But without the Holy Spirit as petrol in us, we can't move. Everything that we do will fall short. So when Jesus prays that he wants to be in us, and this is also another mystery where he said earlier that he's going to leave us for a little while. And then, uh, but when he prays, he prays that he will be in us. So is he, has he left us or is he still in us? He's in us because he sent his Holy Spirit to be in us. Yes? And the Holy Spirit is, of course, the essence of Christ, the power of Christ. So when we have the Holy Spirit, we have everything. When we have the Holy Spirit, it is not just us loving God. It is the Holy Spirit loving Christ, loving the Father through us. And it just makes us whole. We know that we cannot do anything on our own, but when Jesus, when the Holy Spirit works through us, we please the Father. And this is what Christ has prayed for us. The three things, remember, right? If you remember nothing else, go home and look at the verse yourself. And I pray that, you know, the, the love of Christ, this being together, being one with Christ. I can actually have the musicians back now. Right? The love of Christ and uh, you know, the, the fullness of God is uh, in us. Let's shift around in our seats a bit. Let's not uh, think that, okay, this is same old, same old, but just dwell, swim in that limitless love of God that is so mysterious, that, uh, that empowers us, that when it comes into our hearts, it changes us. It gets rid of the, of the, of the, of the stuff that doesn't please him. It gets rid of the stuff that went, that's gone wrong, and it makes us new. So let's, um, I hope, you know, the love of God will be with you this afternoon. I hope that the love of God will be with you through the week. I hope that the love of God will be with you the rest of the year, in the rest of your lives, so that you will be changed. Finally, let's all turn to Ephesians 3. And this is my prayer for you that I would like us all to read together. So, with your Bible, Ephesians 3, 14, verse 14. Let's read this together as a prayer to sort of seal this, uh, this word and before we leave. For this reason, I fall on my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth receives. Are we reading together? In his true name. I ask God from the wealth of his glory to give you power through his spirit to be strong in your inner lives. I pray that Christ will make his home in your hearts through faith. I pray that you may have your roots and foundation in love so that you, together with all God's people, 
may have the power to understand how broad and long, how deep and high is Christ's love. Yes, may you come to know his love, although it can never be fully known, so that so be completely filled with the very nature of God. Right? Our lives is not to be just same old, same old. Our life is just not to be just 80%, 70%. Our lives is meant to be filled with the fullness of God. And because that is what Christ prayed for us at the very end of chapter 17, John chapter 17, that we be filled with himself, filled with the Father's love. Thank you. Amen.